0: This is Comic Picks by the Glick. And I'm your host Jason Glick. Hey Jason Glick, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing just fine, Rob. And in fact, I'm doing great because um we're about to do something that I have actually been waiting years to do. And what is that? Okay, um based um people who read the um who read the blog may may remember if they got long memories that um I've written some reviews on the Neon Genesis Evangelion manga. And um after let's see and um, I've it's so like I've and I've seen the anime like years ago. It's one of my all time favorite um anime series, along with the original movies, movie. I mean, and it's it's like and it's like I started so I started reading the the um, manga after it came into omnibus form. Now, it's like I thought it was an interesting take, alternate take on the series, and also notable for the fact that it it was actually written and illustrated by one of the key creative people from the uh, it's like from the. From the anime, um, character designer Yoshiki Satomoto. So basically, with this uh, manga, you actually get um, something that actually looks like the um, the t- like what you saw on the TV series. And just um, Sadamoto is a phenomenal talent. It's like, and I love seeing his interpretation of the series, um, both both visually and it's like it's like and from a narrative perspective. But the thing that um, I wanted that was that that I wanted to know more most about this series. Um, or something that got me about this is just is the fact that um, I was talking to my buddy Rob, who some of you may remember from, if you've got long memories, from the um, Irredeemable Incorruptible podcast. In fact, he's here with us right now. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, Jason. It's pretty good. How are you? Cool. Yeah, and I found out, and we just came out in a random conversation like a couple, a couple of years ago now, that you have never seen the Evangelion anime. Yep, that's true. I haven't. Yeah, so as soon as I heard this, I basically I basically asked, asked you. It's like, hey, you know, would you be willing to um like read the manga and then um talk talk about it with me on one, on a podcast.
2: Yep, yeah, I remember when you did that and I thought
1: it was a pretty cool idea. Yeah, cuz I mean, it's like how I mean like I, I mean it's like I've got my, my reference to the um anime series to uh, to fill in for any um blanks that you know, may have been left out in the te- in the in the manga. But, you know, how does this hold up for someone? How does the um manga hold up for someone who has never seen the um, anime? Now, just for reference, Neon Genesis Evangelion is story of um story of one kid Shinji Ikari, who um after um years of being um ignored and neglected by his dad is suddenly summoned one day to um Japan. It's like at this, um some summoned one day to his by his dad um to Tokyo, who uh, and he it's like and it, this is this is right at the moment that um Tokyo is being attacked by a strange creature known known only as an angel. Um, and apparently, um, the reason his dad, um, Gendo, has summoned him there is because Shinji is the only one who compiled the uh, it's like the uh, t- the mecha that can defeat the angels, known as the Evangelion. And um, it's like the it's like the even though it's like a um, premise as old as the mecha genre itself in in Japan. It's like Evangelion, um, the TV series, is memorable for the um, amount of psychological depth it's like that it that it plumb, plunged its main, main characters into. I mean the it's like just the way it explored explore their, their personalities and their motivations, and just basically in the fact that um, it it gave us um, like main character in Shinji who um, basically did not want to save the world, and put him as the main character main character in this it's like in this show, and just basically established, like you know why it's like you know why does someone like someone like him fight, and um, and also just what what the reasons that his um that his co pilots other evangelion pilots had. After fighting as well, why? What were their motivations as well? And also the, the sheer amount of conspiracy that was between that went in between the uh, the that was um, running the uh, Evangelion's nerve and its parent organization Zele. It's like you know what? What was the story there? It's like it. Um, the uh, the series took Japan by storm, and its influence is still felt even to this day. In fact, it's still one of the um, it's one of it's one of the um foremost um. Uh, uh, like manga um, anime series out, it's like out in here as as well. It's in, its influence has endured um, almost two decades after its it's like after its original uh, original release. And um, even though the manga debuted, debuted just before the anime released, um, Sadamoto, um just finished the manga um, late last year. Or wait, last year? Or no, he finished it in two thousand two. He didn't get the final volume out until last year because he was um, busy remastering it and also putting in a bunch of extra pages as well. So, but Satomoto has also been hugely busy as a character designer on on the likes of um, Wolf Children, um, Summer Wars, the Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Dot Hack Sign. I mean, um Dibuster, like that dude's A-list um, an A-list car- character designer. So he's been busy these last 19 years the manga has been in in um like in serializations. So that's why it's took so goddamn long to get these fourteen volumes out, but I've rambled on enough. Rob, as someone who has um, not seen the anime, how does the um, how does the manga actually work as as a story? Does it does it actually make sense to you?
2: Uh, as far as makes sense, this is. I, I think this that's an interesting question in general with for for a lot of uh, anime or uh, manga. In that um, I've I've seen a few that uh, before, that have, it, towards the end, become, you know, mysterious and kind of odd. Um, and this one kind of does that as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I, not, not to get into specifics on that, um, but uh, as far as how, how it uh, went...
1: Rob, I it, just want to interject that um, when you talk about the end of this manga, um, once you see the end of Evangelion... The the last volume, you would go, oh, so that's where he got it from.
2: Okay, well, I think I already figured out what you're talking about, and if you, I mean, we can get to that later.
1: Okay, but I'm uh, I, 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 to our to our audience. I'm basically I'm like, you can just take a shot each time I try to interrupt Rob and say, "Hey, this is how the the anime was," and they also you can also go, "Man, what a dick." So, <laughs> so sorry, sorry, <laughs> Rob, continue.
2: That's okay so uh yeah just i i if you're referring to a particular character, there was a character that showed up in the end that I was like, "Who's that?" and I'm like, probably somebody from the from the anime so uh i guess i'll I'll just go over kind of you know my initial impressions of of it uh if if that's okay,
1: is that okay go for it We're, i I got time
2: okay, so you know i I started reading it. Not really knowing much, except uh, I, as far as I knew, it was probably a giant robot versus giant monster uh, situation. Yep. Um, you know, the first thing that I thought was kind of amusing is, of course, it takes place in the distant future, the year 2015. Oh,
1: yeah. It's like that's... Yeah. <laughs> we, we, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Evangelion, we are living in the future now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we are. So, uh, you know, the it's got the the typical you know you've got the 14 year old kid uh he's he's late you know it's right in the beginning he's late and this is a common thing in anime and and manga where where you know the kid is is late in the beginning uh marisa likes to joke about that my wife marisa um anyway uh i thought it was it was a little difficult for me to get into in the in the in the very beginning because the the kid it was hard for me to um identify with shinji because he didn't seem he was so depressed that he had really no motivation at all so without a character having motivations in the beginning it was difficult for me to identify with him that changed as as things went on but um you know, it's, as you described, he gets contacted by his his father. Um, he's, you know, kind of out, you know, walking in the streets, and it seems relatively normal. He's, you know, oh, I'm late for this meeting with, you know, this person who is apparently somebody that his father knows. You know, I assumed it was like a stepmother or something like that. I didn't know, and that's Masato. And as he's walking, there's a giant robot fight that starts. Giant robot versus a giant monster fight starts. And I'm like, whoa, that's... You know, that's kind of interesting to have that happen right off the start, and uh, Masato shows up in a car and seems to, like, know what's going on. She saves him, she takes him, you know, to this place, and, and we lear- that's where we learn that, you know, he's being brought uh, because they want him to pilot one of the giant robots, the the Evas, as they're calling them. <laughs>
1: yeah and also you know that Misato she's you know even though she's an adult she's not really um, the most mature of individuals exactly yeah she's uh,
2: she reminded me it's funny because when she's in a work environment you know she's totally serious and and you know in control and very competent outside of a work environment um, she reminded me of the uh, the English teacher from uh, (laughs) Azamangadao
1: Yukari yes
2: it just totally reminded me of her and you know she's just kind of you know goofy and not really in control um which it was interesting because the 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 manga opens and it's pretty serious and then at some point you know it's like oh while you're while you're here and you're going to be training you know and using this uh robot you're going to stay with me so he starts to stay with her and she has Uh, this penguin that seems to be hyper intelligence or something.
1: And, yeah, good old pen pen.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and so that it was kind of, it was weird because I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to have that, you know, kind of comedic aspect to the storyline because the rest of it seems very serious. The kids very, you know, sullen and, you know, oh, I, you know, don't really have the reason to live and all that.
1: Yeah. So, you. So, were you thinking that this is like going to be like a story about how Shinji learns to care about about everything again for, at that point?
2: Uh, you know, at that point, I I wasn't really thinking about that. I was kind of I was kind of waiting for something to happen. And you know, okay, we met Ray, uh, who is another uh, pilot um, who seems kind of like him, but even more you know reserved and you know, they get in their, their, uh, suits, you know, their, giant they, they're robots. their,
1: big, their big bonding mission.
2: Yeah. And they get in their giant robots, they fight, you know, uh, 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 a giant monster. And, you know, at this point it was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not even sure why Jason wants me to talk about this <laughs> because I don't really have all that much to say. I mean, it's enjoyable, but you know, what's, what's so interesting to talk about. And so, you know, it, it took a little while. A little while after that, I started to see what was going on. Why you wanted to talk about
1: this? Yeah, and uh, also, it's. I wanted just wanted to say that um, the, way, the way I thought it was interesting to see that the um, the first um, Evangelion, basically um, as it is now, is split up into um, it's fourteen volumes. This has released it in four omnibuy for the first twelve volumes, and then th- volumes thirteen and fourteen you can buy by themselves. The first two omnibuy are kind of like the. Uh, you could almost call him like the good times. Right. Um, so yep. This is basically like, you know, like they you know, take, follow the conventional arc of, you know, Shinji, like, you know, getting to know people, um, like broadening his world and realizing that, Hey, you know, there is more to life out. It's like out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to, way to put it. He meets his, you know, his other uh, friends in school, the, you know, the, the kid that starts bullying him. And then he's got that, that kid has kind of a nerd you know, kind of following him around. That's, you know, his his buddy, and uh, but they become friends over over time,
1: which is yeah, kind of like, unusual. Yeah, but it's also it's nice in the sense that they, you know, they like you know, hey, you, you turn your like your your former enemy, like they, they reach an under you reach an understanding, and they eventually able to like to call this guy guy your friend. Yeah, and so but seeing your friends like so what so what did you think of Asuka when she first arrived on the scene?
2: Asuka. Okay. Um, I'm, for some reason, uh, that's her last name, right? Or her family name? uh,
1: Soryu Asuka Langley.
2: I've been pronouncing her name wrong. I've been calling her Asuka. That's why I'm not getting it. Okay, so Asuka.
1: This this Um, is is what my four quarters of of Japanese at UCR have, have got me. So, awesome. Yeah, I yes. took. Uh,
2: I didn't. I didn't really uh, uh, retain any foreign language. I, I took Russian in high school, and uh, all I can remember is some swear words. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Asuka. Uh, at first, I thought she was interesting because I like. I tend to like strong female characters. You know, that's that's something. I'm a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I like. Uh, you know, I like Dan Slott's She Hulk run. I, I like. Uh, I like these kind of characters, but. She very quickly turned out to be not just a strong character, but kind of not a nice person. No, I would describe her. Uh, I, in fact, I, I kind of, I would say that I, I felt she was an awful person.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she got, she's very, she's very too, she's much more 2 si- two faced in the, um, in the, mo- in the manga than she is in the, it's like than she is in the anime in the sense that she's, she presents in the manga, she presents this fate, this like, hey, I'm the, like, I'm just like an honest. I'm just like a nice girl who's like going to like you know do it like follow the rules and whatever you want when she's in front of adults and authority figures, but when we meet her, she is beating the crap out of the UFO catcher and um at least some some sick martial arts moves on some thugs. It's like in downtown as well,
2: right? And that and that makes you go, ooh, she's cool. But man, I got to tell you, um, personality is is really important to me. When I one of my one of the most important things when I'm watching a movie or reading a A book or, or anything like that is, I need, I need to enjoy the characters. The characters are the mo, probably the most important thing to me. Yes, story is important. Yes, you know, everything else is important too. You know, visuals, whatever, those are important. But if I don't care about the characters, then you're really not gonna keep my attention. And at this point, I think by this time, Uh, you know, I've met her and so far I had difficulty caring about any of the characters. I think the only one that I really was interested in at this point was, uh, was Masato. Am I pronouncing her name right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Asuka's character arc is interesting. Um, I, I still, even towards the end of the book, didn't like her until the very end.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. It's like, and, you know, let's say her her very end in the manga is different from the uh, from the from the anime. You know, god damn it, I'm doing it again. But <laughs> it's it's kind of like, but it's interesting because like, though know, the different some of the differences that i um, does here are kind of zero sum games. As a matter of fact, I mean, like at the same time, I mean, they don't actually change anything with respect to the stories being told. For instance, Asuka's fate um in the manga versus the anime isn't. Isn't all that different, actually. And to be honest, I I don't know. So I do kind of like the um, what happens during the mo- in the anime in the manga because it's, it's it goes to like because um, okay, we mentioned this. In the pre- we were talking about this beforehand, but my my thing about the um, Evangelion manga compared to the anime, the manga is the glass half full version of the story, and um, it's like and Oscar's um, fate in the uh, at the end of the manga kind of exemplifies that in. And also, but it's also worth noting because of the fact that um, she also makes, what she's one of two characters who makes an interesting comparison between oh, the differences between the anime and the manga. Because Rob, you remember in the manga that she was also was introduced um, by, by um, in this like brief uh, moment where she was she um she killed an angel at sea. Do you remember that part?
2: Yes, yes, I, I do remember that.
1: In the anime, um, that was a that, that took an entire episode, and it was um actually like a joint effort between her and. Herself and Shinji, like in, ah. in in Unit Zero Two.
2: Okay, that's that's different.
1: Yeah, it's like it's, it, but at the same, I think I like the way that um kind of like um, reduced things right here because it basically it's someone who is, ex- oh, she is extremely competent and a real badass. She was able to take uh, take on an angel herself, and then at the same time, then you move into the um the the battle between the an- the, the angel with the dual core. Um, it right. had one of the it's it comes from one of the anime um, episodes That's one of the best titles ever. Um Dance If Your Lives that's de- like your lives depended on it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean the um it's like the the whole um so even though he basically took um took an entire episode and just reduced it to a couple to a couple pages, he basically spent the rest of the volume adapting um this, this two episode uh, was it two episodes or no, I think it was just one episode um that it's like that followed a little little while later. So, but at the same time, I still think it works because, like you know, he takes the whole you know Asuka Shinji relationship and like you know, just basically he sets it up. He sets he he effectively sets it up, and then basically um, spends the time spends a certain time basically showing you, okay, how are these two going to work together in order to defeat this like this common threat?
2: Right, and and that was that was interesting, but you know, having these two people that clearly did not care for each other. Um, and and they're effectively rivals because she's he. I mean, he doesn't really care about whether he's better than her or not, but it's really important to her to be the best. And uh, it, it, I I do find that aspect interesting. Uh, I like uh, I like to see that in storylines where there are characters that are rivals and they wind up working together, and then it has you know to good effect. I I you know I enjoy that. Um, and and they did that well here.
1: Yeah, and also with Atsuka's arc, I mean just the fact that, you know, her drive to be the best kind of uh, winds up defeat, almost almost defeating her in the end. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um Yeah, but also um, you know, one of the other characters I think um exemplifies that's interesting that the analysis difference between the um TV series and the anime is Kaoru. <sighs> Kaoru,
2: which is that the uh is that the guy that that uh Asuka likes. No, that's Kaji.
1: Kaji, I'm yeah, sorry. Kaji, so yeah, Kaji. Kaji's got is the he's the um the silver haired um guy who basically um, make tries to make friends with Shinji who winds up being the uh, being the final angel.
2: So, oh, that guy. Oh man, I do I'd completely forgotten. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is why I wanted to do this as quickly as possible. Yeah, that guy was. Uh, that was another guy. He reminded. He kind of reminded me of the. Uh, I don't remember the name of the character, but in um, uh, Last Exile, I think you know who I'm talking about—the uh, creepy kid, you know, Dio. Yeah, he reminded me of Dio. Just because I, I don't know, they seem to frequently have this. Oh, here's the creepy kid.
1: <laughs> I, you know, it's like now that you mentioned it, I do kind of, I do kind of see the the uh, the parallels between Dio and um, Kaworu in the sense they they both have this kind of fixation on the main character. Exactly,
2: and that's yeah, that's what that's what reminded me of it. It, it was both the fixation and the way he approached it is like, I have no concept of, you know, social interaction, and so he's just intensely creepy.
1: Yes, invading Shinji's personal space, asking him all these yep. questions. But the thing about um, Kaoru that, that separates him from the, from the, really separates him from the uh, ma- anime is the fact that um, Kaoru shows up in episode 24. And he only shows and- up for like 13 minutes. And that's it. That's it. Wow. And um, we get to the manga. Ma- he's actually like, got like four, like four volumes, where he's a uh, significant character. I mean, he—you'd say he—you would—would you say that he's also, he is definitely a um, key member of the Evangelion team.
2: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, he seemed—he uh, came in late, but it—it it seemed like he was going to be, you know, important. And I felt like you know his his end was a little surprising and abrupt.
1: Yeah, uh, it's also yeah. It's um, the way he, he the way it ends. Um, it's not it's not entirely different from the uh, from the from the anime, but it's also but the anime is kind of like on one hand like his Kyrou's death. Um, take this you have to have a, a whole lot of balls in order to do it um, the way the way it did the way it's done in the anime, but um, the manga the manga I thought was it was cool because um, you yeah, know like it it does I mean. Those in those um, thirteen minutes that he was in the the, the TV series, um, like fandom, just kind of like, wow! It's like he is a character we want to see more of. I mean, God knows, like I read um lots of um hentai manga on the internet, and um <laughs> Kaoru, the um Shinji X Kauru um 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 hentai doujinshi, Holy shit! There is a fuck ton of that stuff out there.
2: Yeah, Be- not surprised after the moment in the uh, in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, but it's it, but I also kind of appreciate the fact that yeah, even though like um, like Sadamoto does kind of like acknowledge there are moments where he that definitely acknowledges that whole um like, you know hey there's a lot there's a huge amount of fandom that does want to see um, Shinji and Kaworu get it on he doesn't um fully commit to it in the sense that you know even Shinji is like basically rejects Kaworu at one point saying no I don't like you and you know, guys guys shouldn't like guys and all so. <laughs>
2: You know, I had an interesting. I mean, this is actually not you know not necessarily related to the ma- the, the manga, but uh, uh, when I read that scene, I you know I looked at Marisa and I said, you know, it's interesting because if I had read that section when I was you know twenty years old or younger, I would have had that same reaction where, ooh, that's you know, gross. But today, I'm like, well, that you know, some some guys do like guys.
1: Yeah, it's so, like if if I had. If i read this when I was th- th- that old as well, I—I I mean, to be honest, it takes a, a, I need a—you need a lot of context for um for Japan and like, how that whole yaoi subculture subculture is, and you realize, oh, okay, so like, there's there's all this other subtext going on here in the sense that, you know, like there is this whole shinji x Kaoru, um, like you know, like like chippers and dojin and um, like fan like um fandom out, it's like out there. At the same time I still think that um Sadamoto does um portray like their, their relationship in an interesting light. Particularly the fact that, you know, that remember the very first scene where Shinji and Kaoru meet and a thing that um Kaoru does to the cat there, um and just like Yes. That's like dude, man, like that it's like I mean, that's just harsh, especially since I'm a cat person. Yeah. And um then um when at the at their very when When in their fairy final scene together, you know it it really does come full circle in the sense that you know Shinji had to do that because otherwise you know he would have been killed. Yes, yeah. So and I I I
2: I I thought that was a a good arc uh, the way that they handled it. I thought that that was I was you know I was very disturbed by what he did to the cat, but then it uh, you know the the fact that that ending. Happened the way it did made that feel it made it feel right.
1: Yeah, it's like the uh, the cutaway to um showing um, Shinji uh, Shinji and Kaoru in the field in their final like, at at that final moment. That was um, really well done on Sato's yes. part. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's like I I do think that um, Sato does utilize the manga to um, flesh out some key relationships like and characters in the uh, it's like compared to, compared to the um to the anime, like Kaji, the bit about Kaji where he talks to um, Shinji about um, about his past and mm-hmm. like what, what it was like surviving after the second impact as a kid, I mean that's that's not there. And also, there are moments with a couple of the moments with, with Kaji in this um, when he um, takes Shinji to the aquarium and he basically tells Shinji that he basically um, pull completely um, run like um turns Shinji's um, I mustn't run away philosophy around and saying no you saying no. It's like, you know, you mustn't look away from the truth. That was right. that was cool. And also um when Shinji when he calls um when he, when Kaji calls Shinji out for not fighting um during the unit, the battle against Unit 03, I mean, he's got a real point there and since that, he hey, yeah, yeah, yes, um you were forced to um kill your friend, but at the same time this, this all this came about because you weren't willing to fight in the first place. Right. Right. Um you know, I had I had a lot
2: of like different questions about uh about the manga that uh I don't know if you want me to wait until the end or you want to talk yeah, more throw, about specific aspects.
1: If you got specific questions just th- throw them out right now.
2: Oh, sure. Okay. So one thing that I thought was interesting um uh about it and I don't know, this is not necessarily a question more of a comment, but uh Relatively early on, they, they imply that, or, you know, straight out say, state that uh, the, uh, the Evas are powered by love. And yet, Shinji seems to be so apathetic, but he has these moments where he becomes very powerful. And I basically I, I kept some notes while I was reading it that, you know, as I went back, um, I learned new things and each of my questions were, were answered. And I understand now why he's so good. Mm-hmm. and and that's because uh because his mother is in evo one
1: yes in, and in this, in a, from a certain point of view
2: yeah i the the implication I got is that she there are pieces in in the story where they talk about um i think they imply that it, the angels don't have souls or they're able to make copies of the angels that don't have souls. And it seemed to me like Shinji's mother chose to give up her soul in order to fight the angels, to, to empower the Eva.
1: That's, yeah, that's one thing that, that, that's one thing from the from the manga that I, I, I do remember that in the manga. Um, I wish I could find out where um, I read this beforehand because I seem to remember some someone talking about the, uh, the on, the uh it's like in the anime somewhere that um it was that it, that um the fact that she um what happened to her and it, you know zero one was actually an act of sabotage by um Rishiko's mother um Naoko Akagi
2: so that must have been in the anime because i didn't get that impression at all in
1: this <laughs> yeah cuz it's I don't know, it's like that's one thing that uh, i wish i could remember it's like i could God damn it! I could just be imagining this, but it's but it's a uh, but it's it's such a subjective plot point to me because it actually makes sense considering the fact that in the mo- in the anime it's like it it was it was implied that it basically revealed that she that um, Gendo really um especially um said that um, he loved her just in order to manipulate her into working um on the Eva project and then when um young Rei um basically tells tells her that oh Gendo. Like um Geno just calls you a like an old hag. I right. mean that's it all it all kind of like flows together right there. And it also just, you know, contributes to the whole the whole like you know, like Ritsuko like perpetrating the same exact um failures as her as her mother. So like in both the right. manga on the and the anime.
2: Right. And that was that was a thing that I you know, when it first happened when when uh Ritsuko, uh was strangling Ray, I was like, boy, why why is she doing that? There doesn't seem to be any any reason for that? And then later they reveal it's basically Ray is is isn't isn't Ray kind of also a, a like a representation of the mother? She's like, she's like
1: she's basically like a clone of a clone of Yui.
2: Kind of, yeah. Like, but but isn't it using? Uh, like, like a, body parts or something. Yeah, I think it's like ha- like,
1: half, like an- half angel, half like half human clone of like of Yui. Right. Um, so, I mean,
2: we're kind of, kind of jumping around, uh, uh, these, I mean, you know, not really going in order, but honestly, I got to tell you, I, you know, I read through them fast and for me to really remember stuff, you know, exactly in order, I have to read them several times, but, uh, so I, I have specific things that are popping out. Um, the, uh, there was a moment in, in the book, um, where, uh Ray is in i, I assume it was unit zero zero, yes with the spear of Longinus, which they you know bring in on a um aircraft carrier, which I thought was really interesting um and I realize now that i 'm like well that 's pretty big to be the spear of Longinus because supposedly the the concept of the spear of Longinus is this is a spear that was stuck in Jesus' side while he was on the cross,
1: right it's gotten bigger with symbolism over the years right <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
2: I'm getting the impression, and and, and I actually, you know, I, I read some of the supplemental material that's in the uh, um, the Omnibi, uh that it may not, you know, really supposed to be the spear of Longinus, and it's just that these guys in in uh, uh, Zela are obsessed with biblical. Uh,
0: uh, s- I want to
1: I want to interject right there just cuz um just cuz I want to say that you know just the fact that Japan Japan has had a long weird relationship with Christianity um from just you know persecuting um and crucifying Christians back in the feudal era to right. the, to um to evangelion itself in the sense that you know um, evangelion kind of exemplifies Japan's willingness to just take random bits of religious mythology from any religion and just say hey you know what this sounds like this sounds really cool let's go Let's go run. Let's just give it this name and go run with it. Um, right, it is the equivalent
2: of of uh, American, uh, uh, you know, comics or whatever using bits of Norse or Greek mythology. It's totally the equivalent for for Japan. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, for a while Evangelion um, basically made it really cool to just take random bits of mythology, specifically Christian, to um, and just you know just create your own um, really really weird and obtuse. Um, conspiracy theory plot I mean no series ever really did it as well as Evangelion but that didn't stop a whole lot of people from trying
2: right yeah and I I think that's interesting and you know the fact that they have uh, this was a question that I had that's that's really a cultural question and, and, and an example of this is they call the giant monsters that show up they call them angels and where if this was an American made uh, story they would be called demons yes because you could not call um, the quote bad guys angels, although there's an argument that they're not necessarily the bad guys mm-hmm. that could be made. Um, anyway, wh- where I was getting with the spear is you see, uh, there's this one uh, page that has uh, Ray in uh, Unit Zero Zero One using the spear of Longinus to pierce what at the time we are told is Adam's body. And it's really, it's really, was it Lilith, right? Yeah. That's the name. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not great with names in the, in the, in the book, uh, because I haven't read it, you know, that many times. Yeah. In fact, so I'm I'm, like, there's,
1: there's still like lots of stuff on the, um, overall like mythology of Evangelion that I, that I'm still, I'm still fuzzy about and, um, why it would make a, like, a huge amount of difference between who, who's, um, giant freakish body is um stuck down there. That's you know that's definitely one of them,
2: right? So, so the thing is, is that, that so there's that moment that I see that, and then combined with there was a piece of the supplemental stuff that said that basically says you know the second impact was human caused, which was way before the manga or manga itself revealed it through the um you know the art and storyline. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, and I stopped reading, reading the, the, uh, the supplemental material there. But it, it said that, that the second impact was caused by using the Spear of Longinus to pierce uh, Adam. And his AT field reacted and caused that explosion. Well, so what, what was the motivation um, of, I'm sorry, it's Gendo, right? Gendo. Gendo. Gendo, to have Ray stick the Spear of Longinus in Lilith's body, I, you know, at the time we believed that was Adam, what, what, what was he hoping for? Did he want to create a third impact at that point?
1: Shit. For all I know, it's like, it's, it's like that, that, the moment, I know the moment you're talking about, and um, for all I know, it's like, it could have, it's like... <sighs> Like I said, it's a lot of this stuff is just you know Japan taking um, like bits of Christian mythology and just doing running running with their own story storyline with it. Um, this that that particular scene you're talking about is also it's like in the like in the anime to a certain to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like as far as I can tell, it's like he just put kind of put it there. For, he, you could argue that he that he just put it there for safekeeping, or that it was just you know part of his um, master plan to um, control the third impact um, itself when it finally happened. As far as how, so, how it was meant to control the third impact, um, all I can give you is what the internet told me, and that is because reasons.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of too bad, because that that's a big question to me, is what, what did he expect to happen when he stuck that spear in there, given that supposedly the impact was... Uh, are, are we to assume based on the supplemental material that... Because my understanding is, is the tiny kind of weird newt-looking thing is the real Adam, and the giant body on the cross is Lilith. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. So are we to assume when he says, oh, the second impact, when it says in the supplemental material, the second impact was caused by sticking the spear of Longinus in Adam's body, did they sp- stick that giant spear in that tiny thing, or are they still calling... Lilith Adam at that point in the supplemental material.
1: Just because. let's see. As far as like, the exact means by Adam, the Adam was contained. Um, damn it! That's that's this is um this is like this is kind of like a, that's a Carl Horn question. Now, I I told you who he was beforehand because I right. um and. A lot of people who've read the um, who read my, read my site for a while know that I think he's like one of the best English um, localizers out there for manga. The other thing about Horn is that he is an Evangelion um, mastermind, and he is actually like like all the supplemental materials that Rob and I have been talking about. He's the guy who wrote them for the for for the for the manga, and um, he and um, I'm sure he would um, have a good answer for this. I it's like it's like on. It's like, honestly, do not. It's like, I can accept, um, you know, like, you know, the place that um, Lilith and um, Adam have in the story. As far as, you know, just where are they coming from and how do they get here, that's kind of like, blah.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm fine with it being a mystery as as to where they came from, although there was, I think, again, it was the supplemental material, the ideas that Lilith was here on Earth. And is kind of like the life force that that created life on Earth, and Adam is an alien life force. That's that was the impression that I got.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I can accept that too. I mean, the thing about Evangelion is that a lot of this stuff, it, it Evangelion by doing a lot of this stuff that no one had ever done before in the, uh, like, in the anime, it's like, you actually get a lot of, you actually get a lot of leeway in the sense that, you know, even if the, um, that, um, Hideaki Anno and the rest of his team were just making this shit up as they went along, um, you had a lot of people, um, including me, convinced that, you know, all this stuff actually, um, you know, like, works together and actually means, and actually like, you know, there is a reason tying it together, and, that's so why you've got all these um conspiracy theories about you know what evangelion actually means p- perpetuating you know even you know almost 20 years after it's like you know after its initial airing
0: you know i'd like to just jump in real quick um hi it's john here yeah <laughs> hi john um a little, you know a lot of the themes that and i've only seen the television series and uh, i really haven't read the manga but um a lot of the themes I don't see them, I see I see the visualness of like, you know, in the series where they use a lot of like Judeo-Christian type of, you know, imagery to describe things and even names and things like that. But I don't think that it's meant as the interpret, I think we as Western viewers slash readers tend to ascribe more value to it than maybe a Japanese person would. And when you, you know, and when you think about like, you know... When it was written, it's sort of like, a, oh, hey, you know. Even the Japanese tend to blend Buddhism with Shintoism and just kind of blend all this stuff together. They they're kind of the mixing pot for when it comes to like philosophies and religions. So um, when I when I look at yeah,
1: they're a lot less um sensitive when it comes to like you know, oh, religious stuff.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, I've you know, um, I was just reading. I get uh, I get emails from the J List guy. He's a uh, he's a pretty <laughs> yeah you no know, he's a really interesting interesting guy um he, he writes up these articles on on japanese and he does a lot of other things however um he was mentioning it's like they blend they blend all these elements together and they think it's perfectly cool to do that um however you know when we see things like crosses or you know we hear adam or eve or the lance of or the dead sea scrolls you know um even the uh, you know the the tree of life the kabbalistic that's jewish right Yes. So, you know, we tend to like ascribe like different meanings to them and I think that he's just using them to color his story frankly, you know. I don't think that it has sense. you know I, and and you know, I you know, I, I'm I'm less of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to like, you know, the interpretation of plots like that, but you know, symbolism is a strong thing to throw into your story, you know. You know, um and I think even I think Hideo has even said like, "No, that this is just I threw this in here, you know. I don't think he meant anything by yeah, it. Yeah, you're de- you're,
1: I think you are definitely right in the sense that you know this is just something. Uh, this is like like they just like um, as Westerners, we're going to describe a lot more um sim- like stuff to the to the to these um things than um than the Japanese I like, you know originally did when they when they made the decision to throw them in.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, and it's um. It- you know, um, I pulled up the uh, uh, Wikipedia article on this, and they have themes in here—the themes of Evangelion—and they say the uh, it makes references to Kabbalah, just Christianity, Judaism, Shinto, Gnosticism, which Gnosticism isn't. It's like okay, um, but uh, you know, they he, they go on to explain a lot of you know they, they, they use Buddhist terminology, Zoroastrian it. Zoroastrianism. i can't pronounce that um <laughs> but uh you know um i think it's interesting though because we tend to like it said lock on to those things you know as western audience what would be really cool is to talk to a japanese fan you know born bred raised in jap in japan and just talk to them about it you know and maybe you know um you know, and see like what they think of it. You know, we—they, I—I suspect that they would probably have a slightly different point of view than we do. Yeah, or just
1: you that know, or just you know, strap um Anno to a chair the next time he comes out to a convention and say, "What did you mean by all this? What does it <laughs> <Yeah>. mean?" <laughs> you know, um, but
0: uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like take us too far down that hole you know and you know but i do find it interesting that you know a lot of stuff you know he makes uh, a lot of liberal use of of ideas and themes and i think it's kind of cool actually <laughs> um you know but uh, you know i think he's defining them in the in the terms of his story so
1: yeah it's like i mean it's like and and for the manga it's like i mean uh, um sadamoto is kind of just like you know picking up a lot of the stuff that was already in it's like like in the uh, it's like in in the anime, though I think like his greatest contribution is just kind of like you know, it's, it's just like expanding on the characters and the relationships. I mean, it's like I, he even like humanized Gendo to a greater extent um, in the it's like in the manga than um it's like the, than the anime, just in the sense that those moments when um at it's like when he meets meets with Shinji at the uh, it's like at his grave at at um Yui's grave and tells him yeah hey like you know, like humans aren't aren't able to understand each other you need to learn to walk on your own own two feet and you know, shinji, and shinji Kai appropriately characterized this as the first and last words that his dad said to me, that um that gendo said to me as a father and then yeah. and then later on when um he has that confrontation like um in the bowels of nerve and saying like, like shinji will you help me take revenge on god for um like for taking away for um for what he did for what he did to yui i mean that's I think just that's interesting in the sense that he kind of characterizes all of Gendo's actions as just you know him just trying to give God the middle finger just for taking away the woman he loves.
2: Whoa, that's so that's not something I got. Did he say that in the in the manga? Did he say, "Help me take revenge on God"?
1: That's that's yeah. I, you, you can bust. You've got my copy, so you can bust it out after we're done talking about this. Man, yeah. I don't remember that one. But yeah, that's that. No, uh, that's that's something that I do. That I that kind of, that stuck with me. It's like it's in it's tw- it should be in like the uh, last part of the fourth Omnibuy. So okay. But yeah, it's like um. But yeah, like this is it, it does kind of characterize Gendo's um, you know, like qu- um, all his actions here is just kind of as I'm being um, you know, him him take, trying to get revenge on God for for when he lost and, you know, if just move things towards the end here. That's one of the things I kind of I really liked about the very last um, chapter in this in, in the manga, um, and that in the sense that you know it. Well, I like there are parts in the very last chapter that I liked, and there's one thing that I kind of like thought like, what, really, Sadamoto, you're going to spend the final volume just like bringing her into the mythology, and because um, I like the final chapter in the sense that it's a flashback to show you the first time that um, Gendo and Yui met while at college. And it also, um, he also like, um, managed to like, you know, de, um, demythologize, um, Yui as kind of like this, just for most of the volume, most of the series, she's been this, like, this, like, um, uh, this, uh, I don't know, it's like this, this beautiful, like, um, I- idol, someone who was, like, who was just, like, meant to be, like, a, a beautiful mother, a loving wife, and, um, you know, just like the, the, the like a, a shining star who's taken from us way too soon, like she held up on a pedestal, like for a lot right. for a lot of the manga. And um, then you get to this final volume, and you realize that she was kind of a she was kind of a silly little goofball. It's like while she was in college, and I I liked seeing that. It made her feel more human. It's like yeah, I, you know, I thought it was interesting that that uh, he
2: took her family name when he married her. Mm-hmm. I I didn't I you know I didn't realize that. I thought that was an unusual thing, and that she. She was apparently, you know, really brilliant. And, and I didn't, I didn't get that impression for most of the, you know, for most of the manga, I I felt, I thought Gendo or Gendo was, was the real, you know, brain in, in, in the story, but it sounds like she really was instrumental in, in this whole thing.
1: Oh yeah. She, yeah, she, she definitely had her, had, had her own, own smarts, own smarts as well. And, um. It's like I I liked, and you know I, and the uh, the final chapter just made a good example of showing you how these two people, two very different people, could actually you know, you know come together, right? Yeah. The the thing that kind of annoyed me though is the bit with um with Mari.
2: Yeah, I see. I was going That's the person. So I was like, I've never heard of this Mari Makinami. She
1: she was a new character who was introduced in the um. In, of the four, you know, I, I mentioned the uh, the new Evangelion movies that are being made. Mm-hmm. She is a new character who was introduced in the second one. Ah, uh, so in it's, the new movie,
2: so she's not even in the original anime.
1: Nope. Wow. So this is kind of like just you know a, a ginormous bit of fan service on um, on Sadoboda's part, and I even think that the whole um, you know Yuri um, girls love um, aspect that he throws into it. Right there was just kind of like. Yeah, I'm not averse to that, but at the same time you're throwing this in there at the very end of the of the series when we don't have like really any time to unpack it. I mean, you yeah, know, I like what you did with um Shinji and Karu, but to throw this in there, it's just like I said, it's just kind of like really? What? Yeah. It was clear to me that, you know, the way they did
2: it is uh, they kept he kept her name secret until the very end of that chapter. And it was clear to me that that was supposed to be this big revelation. Oh, it's this character, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. So that had no impact on me. It meant nothing, and it kind of felt, you know, yeah, it had no impact on me. So I didn't. I don't know why he they did yeah. that.
1: So just to um, also just bring things in, into clarity. Um, when I talk about um, you know, all I talk about all the all the crazy shit that goes on in the last volume. Hmm. Once you see the end of evangelion you you 'll see oh so that 's where he got all that crazy shit from because uh. I mean like when I, when I say crazy shit i mean we 're talking about you know ava one zero one popping out of Rei A- Ayanami's eye
2: mhm yeah. yeah,
1: stuff like that. I mean, I was just like amazed to read that the, like like especially the last two volumes really, just and to see just how mu how closely um was stuck to um what was established in um at the end of Evangelion. And it's and it was also kind of disappointing as well in a sense because of that, because I mean I, as I would I, I liked all the different stuff he did. It's like in the uh, it's like in the manga. I mean that's I you mean know, that's the thing. I mean, even like for all the differences, it's like it's still like um Sodom does present a uh, compelling a compelling and for me and well you know, for me, coherent um, like um, alternate take on the on the series uh, the, the whole the whole glass half full aspect of this, and I and the fact that you know not, not the last chapter, but the next to last chapter, that's the whole glass half that's that kind of drives home this is the whole glass half full um like aspect of the series because once you see Rob, once you see the end of Evangelion, you'll understand what I mean by whole by this by that's the gla- the, the anime is the glass half empty version.
2: Yeah, that's I <laughs> which is weird because boy I felt like the end of this was just really you know there was a lot of depressing stuff. Uh, uh you know, Asuka was just like giving everything that she had to just, you know, keep things going um to keep everybody from being killed basically. And yeah, so that was pretty it was dark what was going on.
1: Yeah, I I see what you mean there. And even then I but I still think that you know that moment when um you know Shinji gets his whole white knight um moment mm-hmm. and um you know she's and Asuka she's actually kind of okay with that that's kind of like a nice um you know like evolution of her of her char- of her character arc to actually like be she, able to y- to accept that.
2: Yeah, she was mildly annoyed but yeah, she accepted it
1: yeah but you know as far as i guess just kind of, to kind of move towards wrapping things up it's like i i do think that the um like the like the evangelion manga is is worth reading even if you have seen the seen the anime because i mean i ignored it for years because i realized oh it's just you know even is by one of the key character designers um it's just gonna be like you know the same old thing but no, it's like there isn't there is enough different in there to make it um totally make it a compelling read and just like an interesting alternate take on the it's like on the legendary series. Um Rob, um any any final thoughts from your perspective? You know,
2: I had I had two questions. Yes. Can I ask the the first one is uh so there was supposedly this this experiment that broke uh Asuka's mother's mind.
1: Yeah, we never find out what um it's like what that was. Um, okay. I think if I had to guess, I think it may be. What, there are parts in the, in the um, anime that imply that, you know, you know, just as Yui wound up in Unit 01, it may be um, Asuka's mother that wound up in Unit 02. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that would make sense. But um, it's, never, it's never explicitly stated this is, this is what happened. In fact, we, I wish I found out a lot more about Asuka's mother like in the manga than the anime. Oh, so I'm probably not going to get the
2: answer to the second question either. Is so? There's there's a scene where Asuka's, I I assume it's her mother st- tries to strangle her as a little girl. Was it her mother? Or was that her stepmother?
1: No, that no, I can tell you that's that was Asuka's mother. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like um, is, even though like we never act well, we never actually see Asuka's mother in the it's like in the anime. Oh, okay, so yeah I, I, guess, I mentioned there, there there were character designs for her because I mean we see her we do see her that briefly in the in the manga, and also um she actually I'm going to hate myself for bringing this up, but she is actually a fairly prominent character in the spinoff um Shinji Ikari Raising Project, which you shouldn't read because it is fucking terrible okay read the it. fact that um Carl Horn um does the adaptation for this. And it's only his work that keeps this from being um worth the paper it's printed on. oh the, it's the thing about no the thing about um the uh Shinjikari raising project is that um Horan actually did a good job of selling this to me um at um at, at, at the enway conventions I've seen him at, and um, that, you know this is kind of like the um you know it's like the goofy comedy version of evangelion, and it's kind of like you know hey, the characters have kind of like earned. You know this this respite after suffering through the, uh, the on the anime and all, and you know I could, I that sounds like a good reason to take, you know to invest in it, and for the first for for the first few volumes it was cool, but then now we're up to like volume fifteen, I mean we're it's go it's gone on longer than the actual Evangelion manga, and um, it's just the shine has just completely gone off of it. I mean, my favorite moment from the most recent volume was this one part where you get the sense of where, where Asuka, where um, Misato picks up this manga, and she goes, oh my god, this is like the worst manga ever. It's like completely complete filled with like repetitive fan service and nothing else. And I, realized, and I read this and I was like, my god, it's like Horn is just talking to me through the text. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's yeah, so don't um bother with um, the, the Shinji Kai Raising Project or any of the other Dark Horse manga that Dark Horse has published, except for the um Evangelian comic because that is a good um collection of of comedic shor- mostly comedic shorts that um that Horn is able to because they're um, goofy because c- they're goofy comedy, um Horn is able to like you know take a lot of liberties in the in the um, English adaptation and actually make them Actually, funny to read in English. And there's also a new one, um like from from one of the con- contributors from that um, from that project, um Tony Takizaki, um, coming out in a couple in another month or two, and that's that'll. I'm sure that'll be worth reading, if only because you know it's more comedy and should allow Horn more freedom to just you know be completely goofy. But but like I said, just ignore um, the Shinji Kira Racing project. Um, Evangelion Campus Apocalypse and the Shinji Kari Detective Diaries. Good lord, there's just like Evangelion is like a gigantic self perpetuating merchandising machine at, at this point. And Dark Horse mentioned to get most of the shit manga for it, but it sells for them because it's Evangelion, and you know you've got fans like me who will just buy almost everything that's Evangelion. And you know I draw the line at the Shinji Kari Detective Diaries. Good lord, <laughs> And that sounds
2: um, pretty bad. It's,
1: yeah. Um, but, uh, but John, uh, you know, any, um, final thoughts on your end here? John? John?
0: Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) I said, I was thinking of reading those. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, you know, um, in all seriousness, um, I can't wait for the Blu-ray for all, you know, with everything that I wanted to come out will come out either later this year or maybe next year, hopefully, um, but uh on top of that i you know you've actually kind of reignited my interest in reading the manga so i'm i'm actually probably going to go and pick them up because um you know i think that it's uh you know something you know just talking about it has got me interested in it again not that i'm not interested in it but you know i don't rewatch things unless you know i have a really good reason um but, uh, yeah, so – and uh, and a really good comparison and a good, you know, discussion about, like, uh, stuff. Stuff,
2: yeah. Wait, I, think John, still cut there? I think he might
0: have muted himself. I hit mute again. My apologies. <laughs> what was the last thing I was but, telling you guys? It is a podcast. It was, it,
2: <laughs> it was a really good discussion about –
0: Oh, yeah, uh, about the differences between the, you know, the the anime and the the manga. So um, and, uh, you know, definitely has piqued my interest in wanting to read the manga um, and uh, even rewatch the television series, you know. And, you know, the television series kind of ends with a kind of unsatisfying conclusion, just the television series itself. Um, yeah, but the um, but also that's true. But
1: you know, at, when I was originally watching the anime, the anime, I and, and the the ending of the TV series was like kind of like everyone. All I'd heard was like, "Oh, it's so terrible." And then yeah. when I watched it, it was kind of like, "Well, no, this this wasn't really as bad as I was expecting." Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the end of Evangelion to replace those two episodes,
0: and it's kind of like <laughs> fandom just went, "What the." F- Well, I definitely said that when I watched that, Um, but but, you know, I, I didn't say I, I, it was unsatisfying as is like, I just, you know, it wasn't like awful. It just wasn't great.
1: It, complete, it it. It didn't just defy your expectations. It kind of like just steamrolled over them, and then um set fire to the set fire to the remains. Yes.
0: Now <laughs> I, I never read up enough on like why he decided to end the television series that way. You know. Oh, I, I think I I I think I've, I've heard about this. Uh, you know, it's it's because Gynax ran out of money, and that's what I was going to say was the number one theory that I had understood. <laughs> it was like that's it, terrible. Yeah, and. You know, which isn't, I guess, but I don't know if that's uncommon, but... But well, you know, it's remember, it's like it's worth mentioning, because like, you know, we've got the whole concept of
1: the Gynax ending. Yes.
0: <laughs> so true, so true.
1: Yes, because I think, mean, like, lots of Gynax stuff just has endings that just, like, you know, makes no sense, or just kind of like, you know, what were you smoking when you came up with that? Yep. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, the only one that I could only see, I, mean, I haven't seen every Gynax series, but the one that... Well, I can probably say that. Hey, you know, this one actually um, actually works as far as an actual ending would be um, Puchi Puri Yushi or Petite Princess Yushi, the uh, the TV series they made out of their Princess Maker anime. But you know, that probably only that re- reason the ending was that, that that ending wasn't completely insane or broken it was because you know, the
0: whole series is pitched towards kids. So right, right, exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know what you're going to be discussing next time? Uh you know.
1: It's so early right now that I've got no clue so I guess you'll be surprised but um I, but Rob um thanks for joining me on this I really appreciated your insight and input on this.
2: Oh yeah, thanks for the invitation. I'm sorry I didn't didn't have uh more to say but uh you know it was it's relatively new to me and I'm still thinking about it.
1: Dude, you had plenty to say. This is like this um this podcast has already gone on like almost three times as long as our as our usual ones. Oh okay. I think yeah, I think whoever listens hey, whoever, if you've if you've listened to to this podcast this far, so like you get an honorary no prize for um for doing it this for, for listening to the whole thing.
0: Huh. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks a lot, and sure. we'll catch you next time Thank on you. Comet Picks by the Glick. Later.